Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1 TN5 for Thursday, January 27th. I'm Aaron Matus. WDRB's Eric Crawford argues Louisville interim AD Josh Hurd bolstered his standing in yesterday's announcement of men's basketball head coach Chris Mack and the university mutually parting ways. This could have gotten ugly. Instead, it was darn near seamless. After some of the dysfunction that has taken place around here, that has to be appreciated. Hurd says it's his intention to hire the new head coach. Somebody could change that on me, as far as naming a permanent AD and it not being me, but right now, I intend to. Obviously consult university leadership, but plan to make that higher. Further, heard on the $4.8 million settlement with Mac. On one hand, you had $12.75 million at stake if he was let go without cause. And I think we need to clarify that it's not $12 million, it's $12.75. And on the flip side, you consider and say it's $0, but it's not zero either, right? Who knows how long that's going to go as far as the NCAA case. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to bet on the NCAA wrapping up anything quickly. So that's why we came to the terms that we did. Extra Points Matt Brown was in attendance for UIC's celebration of heading to the Missouri Valley. MVC Commissioner Jeff Jackson called the process with the Flames a whirlwind marriage. Says the league may not be done adding new members, but declines to provide context on a potential timeline. With the move, Brown writes that UIC AD Michael Lippitz is focused on continuing to upgrade the department's facilities and retaining key coaching talent. Also from Brown, UIC's athletic apparel contract is also expiring soon, and given their location, additional MMR opportunities could be on the way as well. HBCU Game Day profiles new MEAC commissioner Sonia Stills, who is roughly a month into her new role on the new NCAA Constitution. Is it perfect? No, but I think it's the best thing that could have come from the Constitutional Committee because, you know, nothing's going to be perfect for everybody. But I think it tremendously puts an emphasis on student-athlete first, their mental health and their physical health, and it's something as a foundation that we need to grow from. On progress for HBCU representation, there's one particular issue or one thing that came out of the Constitution is the HBCU ex officio member of the Board of Governors. And so that particular, we're grateful that we have a voice in the room for four HBCUs. Stills says of potential expansion for the league, we're going to take our time, be methodical, be strategic about who we bring into the conference, make sure that they align with those academically, athletically, and just make sure they're going to be a good fit. Texas A&M AD Ross Bjork during this month's Aggie Town Hall Talk. I think realignment is stable for now, but as we go through this transformation, that's where you could see people say, hey, wait a second, this isn't the model that we desire because we want this. And are there enough schools that are like-minded in this category that would want to change that model? So I think we're still several steps away from any sort of tipping point. On the future of Reed Arena, I always say in facilities, facilities are about time and money. It takes time and obviously you have to have money to do it. And so because we've been in this pause, because we've had COVID, it's hard to believe it's been almost two years. We've had to hit the pause button on several things around the athletic facility world. 
And one of those is really doing a comprehensive study and review of Reed Arena. So it's on the list. I don't have an exact time frame. Some nuggets from a radio interview with Nebraska AD Trev Alberts last night. End zone seats at Memorial Stadium will increase to 20 inches from 18, obviously decreasing capacity. A new turf surface is also going in the venue. New outdoor track is done with grandstand construction coming next. Also on the Big Ten potentially doing away with divisions. I would anticipate in the future that there would be some fairly significant change in what scheduling looks like. Colorado finished fiscal year 21 with a deficit of roughly $18 million, slightly better than the $20 million hit Buffs AD Rick George projected. Senior Associate AD for Business Operations, Corey Hilliard. At the end of the day, an $18 million deficit in our eyes was a success story, for as much as you can call it that, especially in comparison to our peers. CU generated $43.2 million in revenue, down $46.7 million year over year, which included a $23.5 million loss in ticket sales. The Pac-12 distribution of $20.2 million was 12.4 less than the previous year. Colorado was the only school in the league to take advantage of the Pac-12's COVID loan program, which covered the deficit and allowed the Buffs to avoid adding campus debt to the ledger. This and more in your D1 ticker email. I'm Aaron Matus, and this has been the morning edition of your D1 TN5 for Thursday, January 27th. Thanks for listening. We'll update again tonight.